In this episode, I pitch a true sequel to the original Ghostbusters franchise, then we chat about the Overwatch beta, Supergirl's network shift, lots of Marvel movie news, and then review Tomo and Speedrunners. All this and more on The Geek Generation. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan, joined in the studio by Damien Cranshaw. Hey, hey, I'm back and better than ever. Better than ever. Yes, You're a returning hero from the long away lands of UMass Amherst. Yes, I'm a college graduate now. It's yeah. over and done with, and I am very happy about it. As you should be. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot to do this episode, as we always do. We have some iTunes reviews to go over. Uh, we always appreciate when you guys go to iTunes, leave us a rating and review, because it does help us get some eyes on the show. Uh, this one is from Jay Choi, who says, Rob has great chemistry with his guests and casts a wide net in his weekly coverage of the geek world. Worth a listen. And that's really all we ask, is that you give us a listen. Short and to the point, and we yes. appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, also, before we get into the show, another thing, too, is that I have trashed the Patreon page. What? So, yeah, people that were Patreon backers, that were patrons of ours, we really appreciate your support. Uh, it's helped us do a lot of things, but it's not necessarily the best platform for us moving forward. Uh, I have switched now over to a service called Game Wisp. And Game Wisp is nice because it integrates with Twitch, which if you've been listening uh, to recent episodes, you know that I've been doing a lot of game streaming on. We're currently live streaming the podcast. Uh, you can watch me bake all sorts of random stuff over there. He just made a cheesecake and it looked real good. That's true. I made some mini cheesecakes. But if you still go to thegeekgeneration.com slash support, that link still works. It used to go to the Patreon page. Now it goes to the Game Wisp page. Uh, and there you can see a list of benefits that you have for subscribers. A lot of them are Twitch related, but I am planning on adding more in the future as I become more familiar with the platform. I believe I'll still be able to pre-release podcasts over there, uh, which would be nice. I'm sure you guys would love to get those as early as possible. Also, for the first three people, the first three only, Ooh. who send an email to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com with the subject line free month. I will send you a promo code, which you can use to get one free month of subscriber benefits on GameWisp. So if you would like a promo code for one month free to try out the service and see if it's something you want to continue, go ahead and send an email right now to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com with the subject line free month, and I will send you that promo code. Get on it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we have one subscriber right now, and he's sitting in the room with me. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> I wonder who that could be. When our own employees are uh, becoming our backers. <laughs> it means that we are dedicated to the cause, and we think that this is a uh, an effort worth supporting. That's what it is, Rob. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was going to phrase it the same way, but thank you for sounding so upbeat and positive. Oh, you know. So recently, uh, there was a whole conversation going on on the, the Discord channel. Mm. So um, if people aren't aware of that, you can go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Discord. Discord is a free uh, online tool as well as a client that you can download and it is basically a way for us to keep in touch even when we're not live streaming. We're not doing the podcast. I'm in there. Damien's in there. Paulo is in there. Uh, you can chat with all of us on a regular basis as well as just the community of geeks, the generation, as we call them. Uh, and there's all sorts of topics we talk about. But one of the things we were talking about, especially uh, with our summer movie preview last week, was the Ghostbusters reboot because that's mm -hmm. been a topic of conversation over and over. It came up that there have been a lot of drafts of Ghostbusters 3 over the years. Dan Aykroyd had a draft before. Uh, and everyone's really just trying to figure out why people, why the backlash is so heavy against this movie. It is the most downvoted trailer, movie trailer on all of YouTube. That's ridiculous. Which seems a little bit much, but I understand the snowball effect. Sure. Like when it starts and the internet sees it's a thing, they make it a bigger thing and mm -hmm. it just gets more and more. So it definitely has more than it necessarily deserves, even though it does look like trash, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. But... I then and I've talked about kind of what my ideas for a Ghostbusters three or not necessarily a reboot, but a sequel mm -hmm. to kind of continue the franchise kind of in the vein of Creed. Yeah. What I would like to see done with Ghostbusters three as I would want it to be and not a Ghostbusters reboot. And I wrote a pitch on there that I thought was worth sharing here. 
so I will read you exactly what my pitch for a Ghostbusters 3 would be. And if you have any feedback on it out there in the audience, feel free to uh, send us those emails at podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And here's the pitch. Many years after the events of Ghostbusters 2, paranormal threats have dwindled to a point where the Ghostbusters had to disband due to lack of business slash finances. Ray Stance, however, has been unable to let go of the glory days and maintains a paranormal activity monitoring device. When he starts seeing a blip on the device, at first he doubts it, but he starts running tests. Weeks into testing, activity grows exponentially, and reports start coming in from various parts of the city. Ray approaches the local government, but he's turned away by the new regime who thinks the old stories of a marshmallow man and a walking Statue of Liberty had nothing to do with the paranormal and are just exaggerations fabricated around terrorist activities. Ray won't take no for an answer, and he assembles a new team. After an initial outing in which they attempt to subdue a specter, they learn their old equipment isn't up to the task. The ghosts have evolved. They hit the lab. Science montage here. You see all the things that you would in a movie. I like it. Building I like it. the new equipment. Uh, and create a new arsenal to take on the paranormal. As they start to take down smaller threats, a new villain is revealed. Large boss battle, etc., etc. Those are the finer points of the mm-hmm. script that I haven't gotten to yet. At the end, with the new boss defeated, Ray decides he's just too old for this kind of stuff, so he either leaves them on their own for potential sequels, or he mentors the new team from the firehouse. That's pretty much the pitch in a nutshell, but there are a few other things I'd like to work into it to kind of make it connect and move forward at the same time, so they could easily include cameos from the living actors that okay. uh from the original cast playing the same characters not what they're doing in the reboot like they all have cameos in the reboot right but they're not so again it's a weird way to connect it what they're doing but it doesn't make sense it's just a reminder of the movie that we'd rather be watching mm-hmm. uh one of the new ghostbusters could be someone they saved as a child in the first two movies to even further tie them together that character would also be more willing to join which helps convince the other new team members who are initially reluctant because of how ridiculous it sounds. Mm. As soon as you have one person on board, it's right. more likely that other people are going to join from there. And if they're also giving credibility to the initial stories that have kind of fallen into myth and legend, mm-hmm. then that works as well. Uh and also you'll notice that I did not mention the gender of the new characters. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Stop making it a gimmick of like all female or whatever just cast whoever's right for the role it really doesn't matter yeah so ladies and gentlemen the creative mind of rob logan yeah so you, you said you were looking to make more youtube content right i am so you know we'll just go out in the backyard we'll, we'll put on some like little like leaf blower <laughs> backpacks we, we can make the we can make the movie we're gonna do a larp of uh yes. ghostbusters three pitch yes oh my god that would be so bad and so good at the same time oh my god <laughs> but yeah that's what i'd like to see like in the same way that creed took a character that we'd never seen before mm-hmm it allowed a way for a younger generation new actor to come into a role. It showed a lot of respect to the stuff that came before it yep. and include those characters in a big way and then also move the story forward to where I care about this character now. Yeah. Do I like Rocky still? Sure. But I'm OK with his being pushed aside slowly Yeah, for the introduction of this new character that I care about. It's like passing on the torch. Exactly. Exactly. And it would be even more so with Ghostbusters because they're the new team. They're all still wearing the logo, all that stuff. And if if Ray's there, like I know there's initially I was going to say you can still do an all female team. But then a lot of people will give the criticism of uh, kind of the feminist pitch of, oh, they still have to be led by a man. Mm -hmm. It's like, come on, get over it. Right. Not everything is a friggin' political issue that needs to be exactly pick the people that'll do the best cast and yeah. make it make it a good movie. Yeah, just make it what it is. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving forward, let's get into our geek outs. Yay, Damien! What do you got? Well, like we said in the intro, I recently graduated, not from Smash Brothers University, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've uh, recently uh, got my degree in microbiology. Uh, it's been, you know, it was four years of college. It was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a great adventure, a wonderful experience. You know, I learned a lot. But I'm also glad that it's done. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. There plenty of all-nighters, plenty of you know, it's crazy a lot exams. of work. It is, yeah. it is, and uh, I'm glad to be where I am to graduate. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to get my education. Thanks for your help, Mom and Dad. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, now it's time to move on to the next next part of my life. You know, got the suit from the cleaners, got my resumes ready, got to start hitting those applications. Got yep. a few in. We'll see where it leads me. Nice, yeah. nice. 
It's all coming together. Exactly. But graduation itself was a little bit of an interesting thing as it was a two-day event. Oh, um, that's right. And where the first day of the event, we were outside in the football stadium because they were accommodating literally all of the seniors who were graduating, regardless Mm -hmm. of their major, um, which is like something along the lines of like 6,000 people or so. Sure. Plus their families. And with it being outside that day in particular, it was raining a lot. And right as soon as like the ceremony began, it was downpouring. Oh, the stadium damn. has no cover. There were no tents, nothing. We are all in our graduation gowns and with our, our mortars on. And it is we are just drenched. Really? Yeah. It, wow. It was planned to be a two hour ceremony. A lot of people were like getting up and like leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Like the rain was coming down. People were had umbrellas and you could just see water fl- like just pouring off of them onto the people next to them. It was it was pretty bad, but in all honesty, like I found it really really humorous. Yeah, and so you have to, yeah, right? Like you're here, you can't be miserable. We're, we're graduating, right? You might as right. well just laugh at the humor of it. And all. now you have the story, exactly. So I stuck it out as long as basically until we got to the point we could pull the tassels over, and they were like, "All right, now you can sit back down again." And I'm like, mm, "No, and nope." <laughs> that's basically when everyone was like, "All right, we're yeah, done." And I stood up for a moment. Now my chair is soaked. I'm not sitting in it. Exactly. So they wrapped up the end of it, and by that point, I was already walking out of the stadium, walking back across campus to finally get back and get dry. Yeah. But the second day was much better. It was inside. It was good. And the second day is the smaller one, right, where it's you actually get to walk and everything. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were in by our by our college, so like the College of Natural Sciences sure. or whatever. So sure. like we got to be in with a lot of people that we recognized and knew and then got to see them go up on the stage. You know, there were little speeches by various representatives from the different departments, and it was it was very nice. It was great, great. Great. Congrats again. Thank you very much. Big accomplishment. Yeah. All right. And with me being done with college means that I'm not stuck doing a whole lot of homework. So I've had <laughs> a lot more time to catch up on a lot of things. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I got to watch Daredevil season two. Yeah. It was great. I enjoyed it a lot. You know, I was very happy to see that it kind of picked up where the first season left off. And it was it was like it never stopped. Like, mm-hmm. like it was, it was funny. It was plenty of action. I still love the characters. It was great. Uh, got to see Deadpool <laughs> and watching like you know like the DVD version. As soon as like I just like happened to catch the intro credits, yeah, I, I did a double take and I'm like, wait a minute. Had to hit pause and rewatch the whole thing. The entire movie, I was either laughing or just like cringing at just like what was going on because it was just so. Oh my gosh, it's over the so top. well done. It, yeah. Fantastic, and completely too. over the top. And it's when you compare like where it stands against other superhero movies as far as making money and everything, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And the fact that this wasn't even going to get made. Right. Right. Like you just got to let the movie be made. Yeah. Like, you, you can't try and fit it within a box, especially with Daredevil, who literally exists outside of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Deadpool. You mean? Yeah. Did I say Daredevil yeah, again? Yeah, yeah. Deadpool. My bad. My bad. <laughs> All the superheroes with D. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, got to see uh, Star Wars Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it very much. As someone who is a little more uh, greener when it comes to the Star Wars franchise, I'm sure I had different thoughts than uh, some of the more uh, veteran people, but I enjoyed it a lot. I felt it really, like, just, like, pulled you right back into the universe. Um, I enjoyed basically all of it. Yeah. It, was, it was fun to watch. There was enough action to go with enough story development, and it, it, it felt like it fits right at home with the rest of the Star Wars films. Yeah. And then, yeah, recently saw Winter Soldier and a few other movies. I'm not going to go and rehash every single movie that I've had. Been you seen up, First Avenger like way back yes. when that came out? OK, yeah. So it was, you know, there was a little bit of a gap in terms of time, but like mm-hmm. it was still good to see the see the film. And yeah. then you have plans to see Civil War, I imagine. Yeah, I'll be seeing that soon and be pretty much caught up. It's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Excellent. And then uh, my last geek out was originally going to be a freak out as I was putting together the notes for this. Okay. So my phone right here is uh, through Republic Wireless. It was like an independent wireless carrier. They basically, they were a startup back in like 2011. Mm-hmm. And their their little, their, their stick is that they provide like calling over Wi-Fi. Okay. They were one of the, like the first ones to kind of pioneer that. Sure. And they were also basically, it's like a budget phone, budget service. So, you know, it's like really cheap, really good rates. Um, You know, the phone is, you know, it's a Moto G, which is a budget phone in and of itself. Okay. And you have it at first, it was pretty good. And then as things go on, like uh, there were huge delays in getting operating system updates. Like, like when I got it like a year and a half ago or a year ago, like it was still running like Android 4. Okay. And then like they got it up to Android 5, but like everything else modern is running Android 6. And then um, there were a lot of bugs because the way that they 
are able to implement the Wi-Fi calling was by modifying the actual ROM itself. Okay. So by using custom software, if you have anything that's like going to cause an issue, like it's not the stock Android operating system, so mm. it allows for a lot of bugs. But they recently put out a, a press release saying that they're going to be totally revamping their system. Um, they're going to be allowing, they're going to be offering a lot more phones. Like they were stuck with the Moto line because they were going through with custom software. Okay. Now that they, now that Android has uh, uh, new parts of their operating system, they're going to be offering like ways for people to bring in their own devices and offer like, you know, actual flagship top oh, cool. of the line devices, like, you know, like your Samsung Galaxies sure, and your, sure. your LG Nexus and stuff. And just a lot of the different things surrounding that has been a breath of fresh air because I was within like two months, I was ready to drop them. Oh, wow. So I'm taking it with a grain of salt because it's really like more of a breath of fresh air than like a, yeah, geek out. Sure, sure. But they definitely, you know, have my attention for a little bit longer and we'll see where it goes from here. It's nice to see they're still paying attention. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I was... So ready to just throw this phone down the stairs and get something else. <laughs> How are the rates? How good are they? Um, they're they're pretty decent. I know with these new uh new phones that are coming, there are going to be some like new changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was grandfathered in with an older plan, so like I have uh unlimited talk, text, and three G up up to like five megabytes or something like that, but okay. like unlimited um for about twenty five to th- or thirty bucks a month. Okay. Um, they also offered it with like four G for more. Uh, nowadays they run what's like. It's called like their 2.0 plans where they go by you pay like a base price for the talks and text and then your data is like prorated per like gigabyte. Okay. But you get refunded what you don't use. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool too. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely something that I'm interested in looking in and, you know, they got other updates coming here and there. So like they really seem to -hmm. be doing a lot of good to try and, you know, bring themselves up from where they were. Sure. So they don't look like they're still a beta company. Right, right. Um, So we'll see where it goes from here. Republic Wireless? Republic Wireless, yes. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, My geek outs. First of all, I played the Overwatch beta. Did you? Yeah, I know a lot of people were really loving it. It Mm -hmm. was very popular. Uh, I got my hands on the game. Well, I saw it for the first time like last year at PAX. Right. But I actually got a hands on with it this year and tried out a few different characters and it was really easy to pick up. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the learning curve is actually pretty short. But again, it's one of those games where like it seems so easy, but then the strategy could go more in depth the more you play it. Right. So it's like easy to jump in, but hard to master. Exactly. Uh, and depending on which character you want to play, kind of almost like in a fighting game, there are the pros and cons of any given character. Okay. And as you learn their strengths and weaknesses, you can play them better than based on the levels. And it just keeps uh, becoming more and more from there. But uh, the thing that I really have to give this game credit for, aside from the amount of people that are excited about it and how much fun it is, is that I am not a big first person shooter player. Ever okay. since I became more of a console person, I've kind of gone away from the FPS genre, Okay, mostly because I don't necessarily like doing it with a controller. Sure. I like the precision of the mouse and using the keyboard and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did play both the PC version and the PS4 version for the beta. They both ran pretty well, so I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I'm giving this game a lot of credit for is not only am I not really into the first person shooter stuff, but I'm really not into that with the combination of multiplayer and relying on having other people to play with. Right. Because, as we know, people can be assholes. So uh, those two things combined keep me away from that type of game for the most part. Mm -hmm. But Overwatch was such a good experience. I don't know if it's because people are so excited with the beta. Like nobody was really being dicks. Okay, good. The community seemed really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, The game itself is just so much fun and so addictive that even for someone like me that's not necessarily into those, I'm still really excited about this game. So it succeeded at least in turning me and I'm not the target audience necessarily. Sure. So it's for the people that this is geared towards. Mm-hmm. They've got to be going nuts. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I um. have you seen the game at all? Or? I did see a little bit of gameplay okay. from it. And something that like I saw that I really enjoyed was like how quick paced everything was. Yeah. Like if you die, like you're not waiting for like a two minute respawn. Yeah, or something it's pretty like that. quick. You're, you're quick and you're going, which I'm sure helps with people who want to get in with, in the action and keeps people from getting so frustrated. Sure. And there's there's a natural they do still need to balance things a lot more. Mm-hmm. There's one character that's way overpowered compared oh, wow. to the others, like the robot dude. Everybody uses them. And they get like play of the game every time because wow. he can turn into a turret. Oh, yeah. Just sit there and mow people down. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. But I used uh, Reaper. 
Okay. Which is this like kind of Grim Reaper looking dude with two guns that almost shoot like shotguns. Wow. And he can teleport around and stuff. Um, I use a character called Farah a lot. She has kind of like an Egyptian looking armor. Interesting. Um, she has rocket boosters so she can fly around. She's got like a jump and she has a missile launcher, wow. which you think would be super overpowered. But the firing rate is lower than other guns. OK, so you can't just like spam rockets or anything like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one I use the most and probably my favorite is a character called Widowmaker. OK, who is a sniper. Uh, and generally, I'm not huge on snipers because, and even more so on console, because sniping is so precise right. as far as your aiming goes. But she does have a gun in addition to the sniper rifle. And uh, the thing that I look for the most in games like this is method of locomotion. Okay. So most of the characters are just like running around. Some have the ability to climb walls. Uh, characters like Tracer have the ability to do like a quick teleport horizontally. Uh, but what I look for, especially in these type of games and because my favorite multiplayer so far is probably like the uncharted games mm-hmm. there's a lot of verticality in those yeah and i like a character that's able to transverse uh or traverse transverse and whatever Close traverse enough. the environment uh vertically mm-hmm. very easily so all the characters i was using do do that like reaper has a teleport ability oh. it, it's it's not fast okay but it allows you to kind of go anywhere with it so like there was a a time anywhere in line of sight of course Mm -hmm. so i transported like into an enemy's protection area and just mowed them all down before that was fun nice um farah has the jumping like i said like a big jump rocket boost thing and then has ability to like hover Mm -hmm. so she can get on higher levels and then widowmaker has a a grappling hook cool so Batman? Are you right. kidding me? <laughs> Batman with a sniper rifle? I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want Zack Snyder's Batman with a sniper rifle. I want, <laughs> I want Widowmaker. Much go. better use of it. Uh, but really enjoy the game. I will probably get it at some point. I don't know if I'll get it right at launch, mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of other things I'm playing and other stuff I need to catch up on. But uh, I will definitely get around to it at some point. Cool. Also, uh, I shared this in the Discord as well. I don't know if you saw the photos of it. This is the I always don't know how to say this word. Kotobukiya. Sounds right. Sounds good to uh, me. Kotobukiya's Batman animated art FX statue. I think it's like $50. Mm-hmm. It's a sculpt of the Batman that you see in the first three seasons of the animated series before they did the uh, black and gray. Cool. So it's, it, it is still black and gray, but it's got the yellow oval Batman symbol. It's got some of the blue accents that you see in the original artwork. Mm-hmm. And it's a gorgeous looking statue. Awesome. And that's in pre-order right now. And oh, I want it so bad. So bad. I hear it. So you say you want it, but are you getting it? Again, it's one of those things that seems like it's it's a it's one of those things that goes on like a gift list. Okay, sure. Because it's something I wouldn't necessarily buy for myself if I was loaded. Mm, obviously. <laughs> and just had money to drain and places to put it. Thegeekgeneration.com slash support. <laughs> <laughs> the room that I have left for statues and collectibles and things True. is running very short. Yeah. So if I want something, I need to really want it. And I do really want this. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not something I should be spending my money on right now. So I'm being disciplined. Fair enough. And not necessarily buying it. But it's something cheap enough to where like my parents or siblings might go, <laughs> hey, that's a great Christmas or birthday present. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the way I'm going to leave it for now. Yeah, I did take a look at it and it it, it looks really well made yeah. and it looks really cool. And did you notice like like there's like the the different face stuff. plates yeah. and like you yeah. can pose them and stuff? Yeah, that's like really cool. The pose is good. I wish it was slightly better, mm-hmm. but it is good. Sure. And I don't know why there's a thumbs up hand. I don't know. That was the weird one. Yeah. The grappling hook one sounded <laughs> a lot Grappling hook, cooler. Uh, battering hand and like fist. Those are all cool. Mm-hmm. And the faces are all great. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. All right, then let's get into our freak outs. Oh, freak out. All right, so basically anyone, if you ask them about me, will tell you that I'm a Nintendo fanboy. No, you don't say. I suppose. (laughs) I'd like to correct them and say that I'm a recovering fanboy, but Mm. literally everything that they say anyways would be true regardless. Yeah. Um, So my freak out is more of a rant regarding the entire Nintendo Wii U and the new, you know, up up uh, updates regarding the NX and all the rumors going around it. Mm-hmm. Basically, I want to put in my two cents of what I think Nintendo could have done better regarding the console itself, the marketing around it, the release dates that uh, you know have been played around with. Sure, it. sure. So Wii U console, 
you know, came out in November of 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and from the sounds of where the NX will probably be coming around in like 2017, that's really giving it something like, you know, like a five year lifespan, which is kind of on the shorter end for consoles. It's, it it's still in the average range. Yeah, yeah. But certainly, certainly a little bit smaller considering that it was the first in for the eighth generation consoles. Yeah. For the hardware itself, like, you know, it was it was a step up from the Wii. Um, you know, it's an HD console. It's, you know, kind of on par with, like, the three, the 360 and the PS3 were, where, like, the Wii was, you know, just a glorified GameCube sure. with twice the memory and twice the disc size. This rant I want to, like, put out there, it's nothing against, like, the games themselves. Like, I've enjoyed playing all of the games that I've had on the Wii U, mm -hmm. Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, everything else. Like, the majority of them have all been, like, really solid. But the hardware of the Wii U itself isn't anything like what you were seeing on like the 360, the PS3, the Xbox One, the PS4, or PC gaming. Like its architecture is is again really weird, which is something that Nintendo has been doing with their last few consoles. So it yeah, so it, if people want to program for the Wii U, it's right. a whole different ball game than just kind of creating something that'll play on both the PS4 and the Xbox One. Exactly. So after launch, like there was a significant drop in like AAA third party support. Mm -hmm. It was a great market for indie games, of course, but, you know, we were missing out on a lot of the big releases. Like, it was weird getting, like, Assassin's Creed 3 and Mass Effect 3, but not having the ones that came before it. Right, And then, right. like, not getting, uh, you know, like, Grand Theft Auto, Saints Row, any, anything that was, like, you know, kind of big and really hyped up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, otherwise, I mean, it was... It was all right, but definitely could have been a lot better from a developing standpoint, especially sure, where sure. they pushed it out forward in front of everything else. Like if you if if it like came out after the PS4, that would have been a disaster. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, as for like development choices and just like like lineup, like when it came out, the lineup for release games was really weak. Like mm. we had we had New Super Mario Brothers U, which you know wasn't all that different from New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Mm -hmm. Um, we had Pikmin Three. So, like, those were, like, your two, like, first-party launch titles. Yep. And then, like, we got, like I said, we were getting, like, Mass Effect 3, Assassin's Creed 3, uh, standing them by themselves, you know, a lot of sports games, your Just Dance game. It's like, okay, all right, where, where's all the titles that are going to make me want to buy this game? Right. Buy right. this console. And then the virtual console was was pretty much empty. Being able to play, like, you know, your older, like, you know, your classics and stuff. It was a conceptually great idea. Right. And they had a whole bunch of them already done for the Wii. Like, I understand wanting to, you know, upscale them for HD and, like, mm -hmm. stuff like that, but it's it it didn't make sense for me to have to wait months and months and then find out, oh, look, I can buy Super Mario Brothers again yeah. for, for the same console. Yeah. It's like, all right, get 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 with the program. Um, when Super Smash Brothers came out in 2014, they released it with the uh, GameCube adapter, mm -hmm. and then they started selling, you know, your Smash game pads, which were just, you know, repurposed GameCube controllers, which was awesome. It was, you know, the GameCube controller is one of the most loved Nintendo controllers out there sure. and really made playing Smash Brothers a good experience on the last couple of uh, consoles, but it's only limited to just that one game. Hmm. Despite being like, you know, a peripheral that plugs into the USB ports, yeah. you can't use it to play Mario Kart. You can't use it to play any other game that already supports playing with like all the other different controller That's methods. awful. It's like, yeah. So why am I, one, why am I buying it to play one game? So, you know, only like the big fans are going to want to play it. And then two, Nintendo could have made a killing with, you know, selling these $25 controllers when people weren't already buying their $40, $50 controllers yeah, that were already out there. Totally. I, you know, I would gladly go out and buy four new GameCube controllers instead of buying, you know, one pro controller or two pro Even controllers. Even to just play like old Mario Party or something. Exactly. And to go with that, since the Wii was backwards compatible, like they didn't bother getting in with like the GameCube era for games for the virtual console. Okay. Which, you know, but they got up to like the N64. When the Wii was released, like, you know, there was always talks of, you know, having old GameCube games, you know, like your Super Mario Sunshine, your Luigi's Mansion, your F-Zero games, and they never showed up, despite being, you know, kind of promised that we would see these games in the virtual console. Yeah. In addition to that, we had a peripheral that allowed us to use GameCube controllers to play games on the Wii U, and yet now we, we, we never got a chance to have them. Such a missed opportunity. Absolutely. And then, again, with the virtual console... A ton of releases from older games that were games played on like the Game Boy Advance, games that were played on the DS. And I get where they were going because, you know, you had the dual screen mm -hmm. on the gamepad. What I don't get is why they were prioritized for the Wii U and completely left high and dry on the 3DS. Mm. If anything, there should have been dual release on both, you know, ways to buy one, get it on both systems. Right. Kind of like what PlayStation does with PS4 and PS Vita. Exactly. Like the architecture was there the ability to do it was there 
And then, you know, like I said, prioritizing these older, smaller games that were made for mobile or handheld devices instead of for, you know, getting a GameCube game running on the Wii U. Mm -hmm. And then currently the biggest debacle is the continuous delay of The Legend of Zelda for Wii U. Yes. This was, you know, announced to be, you know, in development in 2013. And then we saw it. We saw a cinematic trailer and we saw a small gameplay demo in, you know, at E3 in 2014. And we're told it was going to come out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Even then, that seemed like a stretch. I was like, OK, unless they've been working on it already for like three years. I, I but you never I, know. Yeah, you never, you know. never know. Right. Later in 2015, it gets delayed to 2016. And now we recently hear that it's being delayed with 2017, possibly being dual released on the NX. Mm hmm. I understand, you know, the desire to make a game the best that it can be, you know, pushing it back for delays, whatever. The problem is, is that they hyped the game up so much. If you look at, like, uh, Sonic Lost World, which mm-hmm. was originally a Nintendo exclusive before, uh, you know, going to all platforms, there was a DLC included that had, like, a like a Hyrule zone that okay. was basically, like, you know, you know, it's like an extra level all about The Legend of Zelda. Sure. Then they had DLC packs for Mario Kart 8. Where like they put Link in the game, and then you have right, Hyrule as right. like a stage course, and then you have like uh, Hyrule Warriors, which was the crossover with Di- the Dynasty Warriors franchise. Like mm-hmm. all the pieces were there. We got the HD release of Wind Waker. Like they were like, all right, this is like the console of the Legend of Zelda. Like yeah. people were getting more and more excited for it, and now we're still not getting it. So I feel like they've burned a lot of people with you know this one game and that you know that also goes in with like the delays that happened with Star Fox Zero and like some of their other like really big franchise games that people have been waiting for like mm-hmm. we're not getting and like th- it just feels like there's like a hole in some of the like the very necessary games that are out sure. there. Sure. Now as far as their dual release plan goes they're going to be releasing Legend of Zelda for both the Wii U and the Nintendo NX. Mm-hmm. Do you feel it would be a better decision to go we're going to use this as a launch title for the NX, mm-hmm. build it just for the NX so that it'll be a console moving game. And we don't have to like hold anything back because it's going to be a dual release. Like it can just be a completely uh, a game powered for the next generation of Nintendo, because often when you do that dual release, you kind of lose mm-hmm. what it could be and where it could push the hardware because you also want it to be able to run on the Wii U or do you think they're making the right decision by doing the cross release so that Wii U owners don't feel slighted because they've been the ones waiting for this game, even if it means there's going to be a sacrifice to the final game quality, uh, even potentially on the NX? Um, personally, I think the better move is what they're doing, uh, you know, from like a marketing standpoint, mm-hmm. like a public relations standpoint, because they've already done it before. When The Legends of Zelda Twilight Princess came out, it came out both on the GameCube and on the Wii. Okay. Like, it came out on that generation, like, overlap. Sure. The problem is, though, is that from the GameCube to the Wii, you're not seeing, like, massive improvement. And from, you know, like I said, rumors are everywhere. You can't believe everything. Right. But it sounds like what they're trying to do with the NX is what they should have done with the Wii U and really go for a more powerful console. So you wonder if the gap is going to be big enough where that's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. If if it's going to make a difference, then yes, the game might suffer. And either we're going to get a Legend of Zelda 4 NX that is just a carbon copy of the Wii U version. Yep. Or we're going to see an NX version that's going to be somewhat unique, but still not at its full potential. Mm-hmm. On the other side, it could be a hint to say, here's the NX. It's only going to be slightly pow- more powerful. Right. And that 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 there's there's problems with either side. But Leaves us in a big guessing game. Right. So hoping for the best, as most people are. Sure, sure. They just need to do it right, or a lot of people are going to be really upset. Oh, yeah. So basically, here's what I think Nintendo should do with the NX. And this is kind of ignoring a lot of the rumors that are already out there because, you know, not a lot has been confirmed regarding it. Um, I just think that, for one, it needs to have a killer name. Even if it just keeps the word, the name NX, like, I'm cool with that. That sounds yeah, cool. Yeah. They never keep their project names, but They never knows? do. Like, the Wii was the Dolphin, right? The GameCube was the, the Dolphin. The GameCube was the Dolphin. The Wii was the Revolution. That's right. And then the I Wii liked was Revolution. Project uh, Cafe. Yeah, Revolution sounded really cool. Yeah. Um, I would have been totally fine Project with that. Project Cafe, though, I'm glad they didn't stick with that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that had something to do with their processors. Because, yeah, like, it was a, probably an internal name that just leaked out. Exactly. Even, like, Project Dolphin for the GameCube was kind of cool because, like, Super Mario Sunshine, like, took place on, like, Delfino Island. Yeah. And, like, Dolphin, cool, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. something cool about it. Right. So we need we need something that sounds good. Get rid of the Wii name. Get rid of all that stuff. Yep. Have something very clever. I like NX. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It's like Nintendo Next. Sure. Make yeah. it work. And then... 
hardware, it needs to either be like, you know, the x86 standard optimized system for people to develop with or something very similar. Like get out with, you know, the custom programming languages, the custom hardware, like Mm -hmm. make it easy for people to come and want to develop on your system. Yeah, third party needs to come back to Nintendo. It does. And in, in such a bad way. Yeah. We need. Oh, here's an idea that I think you should have. So. Mario Maker came out for the Wii U, right? Widely popular. Hugely popular. Totally solves their problem of needing to make another, you know, Mario 2D platformer for a while. Sure, sure. On launch, it should be included with every system. I think that would be a really great idea. And I think it would be easy enough where they could already use the existing library and infrastructure to port the already created games that people have made onto the NX version. Interesting. And like, because like, it's it's one of those games that's going to be it's both like a challenge to play like your regular Mario games mm-hmm. but also has a little bit of like a party creative aspect Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. So I feel like it should just be a native app that's already on the game that people will just come and go and use as they please. Um, and while you're doing that, start developing Mario Maker 3D. Sure. So where you can start making like a Nintendo 64ish Mario level like if you want right. to be really in depth. That would be really cool. Yeah. That would be and it it would satisfy a lot of people's needs for a lot of those games at launch if they're not going to be ready. Yep. Um if they're going to go with their hybrid handheld console system, they need to make it easy to get multiple of the handheld units mm-hmm. because if it's going to be like a problem where cuz like the Wii U, I think it can support up to two game pads, but I don't know if any game has ever taken use of that ability mm. mostly because it's really hard to get a replacement game pad. Like yeah. it's really hard to just buy a game pad Without getting a whole new system. Oh, wow. It can be done, but there's a lot of red tape that you need to go through with it. That's obnoxious. And then my biggest gripe is we need to have an established virtual console at launch. Mm-hmm. Like, And like, I'm not just talking about having Super Mario Brothers again for, you know, 4K edition, whatever. Right. We, we, we need, you know, established all the way through at least the N64 with definite promise of the GameCube being on their virtual console. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like I'm never going to buy a virtual console game ever again mm. because I don't need to rehash the same game over and over again where I can just plug my old consoles in again. Sure, sure. So that's my rant. All right. Well, Nintendo better be listening. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> Please do. Contact me at any point. All right. Uh, my first freak out is uh, related to Kevin Smith podcasts. I love Kevin Smith. I listen to a few of his shows. I listen to Hollywood Babylon, mm-hmm. uh, and I listen to Fat Man on Batman. That's kind of the extent. I know he has many more beyond that, but mm-hmm. those two I do frequent. He's gotten some gripes in the past about his pronunciation with the word Comic-Con, because he doesn't say that. He says Comic-Con. Comic-Con? Comic-Con. That's and uh, it's it's become a thing, and it's fine. He's changed the word. like it's He's ignoring part of the letters. He's not just saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's other words that I've noticed he pronounces wrong, and I can't tell if he just doesn't know oh. or if he's doing it on purpose, and he just wants to make that a thing. Okay. And I've heard people say like next to him the correct pronunciations, yeah. and he just flat out ignores it and keeps going with his. Which is so strange. So on Fat Man on Batman, they were talking about Doctor Strange. Okay. And one of Doctor Strange's uh, arch enemies is Dormammu. Okay. And they have their producer of Fat Man on Batman is a huge Doctor Strange fan and knows way more about the character in the universe than either of the hosts of Fat Man on Batman. So they had him up to talk about it. But Kevin Smith doesn't say Dormammu. He says Dormammu. Yeah. Which is slightly different, mm-hmm. but wrong. Right. <laughs> now, granted, you could argue that because the words are written in a comic book mm-hmm. until they're put out in the media in some other form, nobody really knows how you're supposed to pronounce it. Sure. But there's generally, I think, an accepted pronunciation pronunciation for a lot of these uh, within the communities that do become fans of the material. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was saying Dormammu. His producer starts telling a story and says Dormammu like twice. Yep. And Kevin Smith just ignores and goes right back to Dormammu as if like the guy who knows all about the world doesn't know how to properly say it. And it's something I don't know, something felt weird about that. But I've heard other things that should be much easier to pronounce and they're not like when he says Margot Robbie, Mm -hmm. the actress, he calls her Margot Robbie. There would be one B if that was the case. Uh, And then Katana. Now, this is a character who's named after a thing that's actually a known item. Yeah. And he called her, like, Katna or something along those lines. Like, it, it, And it's it not just it, yeah. mispronunciations once, because I screw up words all the time. Mm. He does it on a consistent basis. Right. Which is the confusing part. Right. It, like, it gets to a point where, like, if you're corrected, like, okay, like, you need to know. Like, I understand if, you know, it's like 
a word, like say it was in a comic that he had read, you know, growing up, and like mm-hmm. that's the way he learned to pronounce it, and like you know, he wants to keep it that way. Sure. Okay, sure. Like Ubisoft versus Ubisoft. Exactly. Like yeah. I've always said fair. Ubisoft. Yet I know the correct pronunciation is Ubisoft, and I'm trying to do it, mm-hmm. but it's taking me time to transition. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, when when you're working with other people, yeah. like having, yeah. you know, it's it's just having like a shared language, like understanding each other is like a big part of working together. Yeah, and hearing something pronounced the right way, like work your way to use it. Yeah, like, make it a thing, or make it clear that like you're going to be talking like this like talk with your producer talk with your other people ahead mm-hmm. of time be like don't correct me i'm doing this on purpose i've noticed his co-hosts too sometimes say them properly mm-hmm. but then after kevin says them wrong he'll switch oh as if he like doesn't want to insult the boss man right so i'm gonna say it the way he says it and it's like come on guys it's like nails on a chalkboard it's just one of those things like i know is wrong mm-hmm. there was a, a video on nerdist that i was watching before too kyle hill their science editor mm-hmm. he does the videos because science and he had done one about Batman that I actually wanted to watch. Okay. But he insisted and always calls Batman Batman. Hmm. And he he does it on purpose. Yeah. Just because he wants to do that. And he the whole video, he's saying Batman, Batman. Batman. Like M-I-N. Right. And I was like, I stopped watching. Right. I was like, this is awful. I can't listen to you butcher the name every single time, even if you think it's funny. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad I'm not the only one because when people say Mario instead of Mario, oh, it drives God. me up a wall. Yeah, his name's not Mario; it's Mario. Right? It's Come a, on. it's established. Use what use what it, what it's what it actually is. Now, if you're you have an accent from another country or something, and that's part of the way it's pronounced in sure. your language, fine. That's fair. But aside from that, we know the pronunciations of a lot of these things. Right, and if they're not like you know like an established nickname, they don't make sense. No. I don't know. So just uh, that's just venting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's not going to care one way or the other. No, that's just general venting. Uh, my last freak out, though, is uh, something that was recently announced as a huge bummer, even though we kind of saw it coming. Marvel's Agent Carter has been canceled. Has it? It has. Uh, I went for two seasons, a total of only like 18 episodes. Uh, it did serve as like a, a mid-season replacement for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And I feel it's a better show than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Some people didn't agree. A lot of people thought the writing from season one to season two dropped off significantly. Okay. I didn't see that big shift. And I still think that uh, Peggy Carter and Jarvis, Mr. Jarvis, mm-hmm. are one of the best on-screen duos I've seen in years. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They have magical chemistry together. And it's not like a romantic thing. It's just purely on-screen banter, wonderful, synchronous chemistry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Do, do you see like where there could have been ways where like or like a direction that it should have continued going in? Like, was there something as like they could have a direction? Yeah, yeah. The se- the series wasn't necessarily over, mm-hmm. but I think they knew that it might have been on its way out. So I can understand it's okay, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel very shortchanged and slighted that I'm not finishing off a story mm-hmm. because each season does exist a little bit as its own chapter, but they would leave a dangling thread okay and that thread that they're leaving dangling i don't ultimately care that much about all right so i'm okay mm-hmm. um and i i don't even want to get into i'm not even gonna say it we'll talk about it more uh in a future episode when it's okay to do so sure but there is a way that you could look at peggy's story kind of being over in a broader sense okay i'll say that sure yeah so instead of writing themselves into a corner like you know they might have canceled it early but yeah it also might be a ratings thing yeah oh it's definitely a ratings thing yeah, okay for sure gotcha yeah uh that's it for our geek outs and freak outs let's get into some news first of all big news people have been waiting for a while on an official word on supergirl mm-hmm. it was one of those things i was missing from the renewal list and missing from an actual cancellation we didn't know it was going to happen Supergirl Season 2 has officially been confirmed by DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Television, so yay. All right. However, the series is leaving CBS and heading to the CW, where it will join fellow DC comic shows Arrow, The Flash, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. A previous crossover episode with The Flash established that Kara exists on an Earth separate from the other CW shows, but does inhabit the same multiverse. Having the shows on the same network moving forward certainly increases the likelihood of future crossovers with not just The Flash, but possibly the other DC TV shows as well. I am actually very happy with this move. Okay. I feel like CBS wasn't necessarily the right home for Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that it was going to potentially get canceled was because of how big an audience CBS expects. Okay. Yeah. Supergirl was better rated than Legends of Tomorrow, than Arrow, and than Flash, mm-hmm. believe it or not. 
because it's on a bigger network. But because it wasn't performing the way they wanted it to, they didn't feel the need to renew necessarily. Now, what it's going to do on the CW is going to be very interesting. I'm going to be curious to see how it now holds up against the other shows, especially considering the uh, audience size it had. Mm -hmm. Like, are people not going to realize that it moved networks? Are they going to have a ton of new eyes on the CW and that whole Berlanti universe on that channel because of the Supergirl audience moving over? Mm -hmm. And now how is Kara going to integrate? Are they going to do something where they're eventually going to somehow science magically fold her universe into the same Earth as the others? Mm -hmm. Or does it make sense to keep someone with that much power on a separate Earth so that they can't just be like, oh, Supergirl, come fix this thing all the time, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm very curious. Yeah. It, to, to me, it almost looks like as if it was, you know, a, an experiment in the first place, putting Supergirl on CBS. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there's the, the superhero hype is everywhere. You're seeing, you know, all these superhero stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not try it out on your big network? Why not be CBS and take a risk to see if you can garner that type of audience? Yeah. Yeah. And where it, you know, it did what it did. You know, it's a good show, not necessarily catching, you know, the same audience that, you know, their crime dramas are getting or that their other TV late night TV shows are getting. But, you know, it's a worthy experiment. And then, like you said, it, it might drag that audience into the CW because, you know, they're, they're sister networks, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, if if you're helping your other network, like you can only gain from that. Sure, sure. I think it's easy uh, as far as other potential crossovers go. I think it's easy to do a crossover with Legends of Tomorrow mm-hmm. because they're in a time traveling spaceship, essentially, to accidentally traverse into another Earth. Perfect. You could write off so easy. Yeah. Uh, and Arrow would be trickier. Okay. But I, I'm i curious to see how those tones would meld together. Mm-hmm. I mean, Flash has a very different tone than Arrow even. Yeah. And those crossovers still work very well. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how, like, Kara standing next to Oliver Queen is not just some weird right. friggin' uh, juxtaposed oddity, but I want to see it. Do you think we could <laughs> maybe even see ourselves with, like, a mini Justice League? Like, perhaps, like, totally. a, a big crossover between Absolutely. those? Absolutely. I can see it happen, and I would love to. That would be phenomenal. Cool. But I, four shows in the same universe on one channel? Right. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened before. Not that I can think of. Yeah. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. It looks as though Disney and Lucasfilm have found their young Han Solo in actor Alden Ir- Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Alden Ironreich? Sure. Alden Ironreich. Set for release on May 25th, 2018 from directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller. The movie will focus on how young Han Solo became the smuggler, thief, and scoundrel whom Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi first encountered in the cantina at Mos Eisley. It has also been confirmed that Chewbacca will also be a featured character in the film. All right. Is this something you're excited for? Um, It's something that I'm, I'm definitely going to see it mm-hmm. for sure. Am I excited for necessarily seeing this, you know, where being, you know, just your, your Han Solo origin story? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Uh, like the cool thing about it is like, sure, you're expanding the universe and we're seeing like even longer ago in a, in a galaxy. Far, right, far right, away. right. And, you know, maybe we'll see other characters that were younger you know saying like things that like may have been like the universe that existed in the prequels and like existed prior to that mm-hmm. the other the other thing though is that we're we're probably not we're not going to see a lot of the other main characters existing like we're not going to see like the luke and leia because right. they're much younger and like they didn't you know they didn't meet solo until much later right later. right so where does that get with your you know some of your fans that may not be fans of han solo and we're just fans of like the bigger universe like mm-hmm. there's a give and take but We've seen what's been done so far, so hopefully it'll be just another great addition to the Star Wars library. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same way. Like, I will end up seeing it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really want to see anyone else other than uh, Harrison Ford play Han Solo. Yeah. And I actually think it's better off leaving his backstory a little bit to mystery. Sure. Like, there is, that's one of the cool things about the character of Han Solo is he came up in all these things that we don't entirely know. Mm-hmm. We don't know if the Kessel Run's a legit thing. Yeah. We don't know a lot of things about his. It's a very shady background, but there's a magic about his character that comes from some of that right. unknown. And he also brings in, like, the ability for, like, something to happen, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's just something from my past. Like, when in uh, The Force Awakens, where, like, the bounty hunters that were coming in, he's like, you know, you owe me money, Han Solo. Yeah, and yeah. That, that just causes, like, a big issue. Having 
something just like a magical hat to pull out of and it's like oh here we go like yeah that, that works perfectly fine and i feel like uh, kind of like indiana jones uh just harrison ford in general he's such a wonderful actor mm-hmm. and he's got such a presence on the screen that you can't necessarily separate the character from the performer sure like han solo not han solo <laughs> i'm even using there that as his That's name why. harrison ford harrison ford is indiana jones mm-hmm. harrison ford is han solo yeah no one else is going to feel right in that spot, I don't think. Again, the movie might prove me wrong. Right. These are my initial concerns. Again, I will see it because it's a Star Wars movie and mm-hmm. Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> but I'm not necessarily thrilled that this is the direction they're going. He's got some big shoes to fill. He does, absolutely. While a Captain Marvel solo film isn't set to arrive until March 8th, 2019, Infinity War directors Anthony and Joe Russo recently let it slip that Captain Marvel will appear somewhere within the upcoming Avengers two-parter. All right. That's exciting. Sure. And we have no confirmation on who's playing yet. No. So, remains to be seen. Sure. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige recently told Deadline that the studio is committed to making a solo film for Black Widow in the future. We've announced the next nine movies, 10 counting Civil War, through the end of 2019. Where we go beyond that are ongoing discussions that we'll focus on in the next few years because we have a lot to do before then. Of the characters that you've just mentioned, I would say certainly the one creatively and emotionally that we are most committing to doing is Black Widow. We think she's an amazing character. We think Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of her is amazing. She's a lead Avenger and has amazing stories in her own right to tell uh, that we think would be fun to turn into a standalone franchise. Sure. This is looking like it's going to be more of like an origin story or more of just like a standalone adventures within S.H.I.E.L.D. Don't know. They really haven't said too much about the plot one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, While it certainly would be interesting to see her origins Mm -hmm. because they've been referenced so much. Right. Uh, I kind of would like to see something moving forward. Yeah. I'm not, like I've said, I'm not a big prequel fan. Mm-hmm. I'm much more interested in moving the story forward than I am looking back to getting to a point that we're already familiar with. Right. Now, this makes me wonder, like, if it's going to be like a Black Widow movie where, like, you know, things are going on and she herself is the the big force that's moving through it. Or if it's going to be like her juxtaposed with, like, the rest of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s operation. Sure. Because she fits, sure. like, in, like, that in-between between... Of like, you know, you're, you're super powered, you're Iron Man, you're Hulk, mm-hmm. and then you're, say, like, you're, you're Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, where does she fit in and where is that going to drive the movie? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. All right. While on The Late Late Show with James Corden, Sharon Stone replied to a question about potential superhero films by saying, quote, I am going to do a Marvel movie. I'm just doing a wee part in a Marvel movie upcoming, and I can't tell because, you know, you have to sign confidentiality agreements. But I'm going to do a wee part in a Marvel movie now. That's it. Said wee part twice. Right. Interesting. While completely unconfirmed, speculation is that this wee part refers to more of a tiny character than a tiny role, and that role being Janet Van Dyne in Marvel's upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp film. This would also reunite Stone with her Basic Instinct co-host, Michael Douglas. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's happened whether on accident or on purpose. Like Marvel has done those little drops, Mm -hmm. you know, along the way regarding the the cinematic universe. So I think it's it's something worth uh, potentially getting excited for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. With Ben Affleck's Batman being one of the only celebrated aspects of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the actor slash director's responsibilities in the DCEU has now expanded. Having previously been contracted to appear in Justice League Part 1 and Part 2, it's now been confirmed that Affleck will direct and star in a standalone Batman movie as well. Deadline is reporting that Affleck has also signed on to serve as an executive producer for Justice League and will work with director Zack Snyder and screenwriter Chris Terrio to, quote, make the film the best he can. That sounds like uh, (laughs) the faith in Snyder is dropping. Yeah. It's it's good to see it's good that more anybody people, yeah, yeah trying to get more people working on on the upcoming films mm-hmm. um not letting Snyder have entirely too much control is yes. great and I know like Affleck's done well wearing a lot of hats at once sure you know we'll just see how that fits on top of the Batman cowl yeah yeah <laughs> look at you creating those visuals putting the hats on the Batman well, cowl we're, we're doing a podcast and unless they're watching the stream they can't see the visuals this is true this is them. true this is true. 
Theater of the Mind. Uh, Deadline is reporting that Adam McKay has been set to direct a big screen adaptation of the Mark Wade and Peter Krause comic series Irredeemable. Irredeemable was first published in 2009 and tells the story of a Superman-like character, the Plutonian, who one day snaps and becomes the world's greatest supervillain, flooding continents and killing millions. The former hero's allies, a team of heroes called the Paradigm, are the only ones that can stop him all while on the run from his godlike rage. As the team tries to uncover his secrets and find a way to stop him, they must figure out what drove him to the edge and team up with their former heroes to stop their friend. I'm entirely unfamiliar with the character or yeah. with um, you know, this part of the franchise. Sounds exciting. I did read what? one of the books before uh, as uh, someone who was a listener mm-hmm. sent money in with the agreement that I would buy and read the first trade of Irredeemable. Okay. And it's it's okay. Uh, it's it's a lot of parodies, not parodies necessarily, but you could interchange a lot of characters with known characters from like the Justice League and Superman and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's basically about this character that I'm not rooting for. Okay. Which is always a problem if you can't get behind. You can still get behind the paradigm, the team fighting against him, but mm-hmm. it just didn't grip me. The movie might be more interesting to explore if they change the uh, the way that it's portrayed. Uh, maybe it was just the delivery of the story mm-hmm. that didn't jive with me. Maybe the movie will do better. But does he feel any different from like like uh, you know like you have like Superman and then you have like Berserker? Or is that is that the guy? Oh, Bizarro. Bizarro. Yeah. There Bizarro. We go. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he's not he's not an evil version of Superman necessarily. Okay. It's if Superman himself snapped. Oh, OK. Gotcha. Almost like the injustice version of Superman, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That, like, okay, yeah, I think in the injustice storyline, like Joker kills Lois. Mm-hmm. Superman goes off the rails. You know what? <laughs> he's Superman from Batman v Superman. <laughs> How about that? All right. He's almost evil version of Superman. OK. But just a little more angry. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's completely accurate, but feels like it. Uh, lastly, Screen Gems and Lakeshore Entertainment have announced that Underworld Blood Wars will be the name for the fifth installment of the series, which features Kate Beckinsale returning as Celine. The film is scheduled to open in theaters on October 14th, 2016. This year. Wow. Yeah. This is, I don't know. I've never heard of these movies before. Like what? what the Underworld what? movies? Yeah. You've never heard of them? I haven't. That shocks me. Like, how? Wow, like, there's four long, of them that's what i was saying like well, this is the fifth one i i've never heard of these before wow like, like how long have they been like is this like something that's been this has been like, going for a while or something? uh i i can't remember when the first one came out probably mm-hmm. in the 2000s i don't think it's in the 90s okay but kate beckinsale was in the first two all right uh then they did the third one was it was underworld underworld evolution underworld rise of the lichens was the third mm-hmm. and then what was the fourth one called? I remember the fourth one called, but Kate Beckinsale, I believe, returned for that one. Uh, the second one, I think, is the best hmm. of them. But they, they're good. I have the full collection on Blu-ray. I may have they're to borrow that sometime. Movies. It's basically uh, a world where vampires and werewolves exist within okay. it. And it's known. And But the werewolves and vampires are at war with oh. each other. And there's like elders in each faction. And there's, there's all sorts. Of, it's cool. Sure. It's very cool. All right. Yeah. All right, let's do some quick reviews, maybe one each, uh, sure. and then we'll wrap this up. So uh, what do you have this week? Uh, so uh, recently, Nintendo uh, launched their social platform, okay. which they uh, titled Mitomo, which centers around you know their their avatars, which are, they're called Mies, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's an interesting sort of uh, experiment by them. The app itself, really, there isn't a ton to do if you're not someone who, A, likes doing, like, character creation and, like, uh, you know, dressing up your character, stuff like that, or, like, just, like, really, like, interacting with just prompts. Mm-hmm. Like, it it asks you a lot of questions, not, like, super personal, but they are definitely personal questions. Okay. And it's 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 pretty fitting uh, once, you know, you, you, start, you start playing. It's like, okay, cool, the app needs to get to know me, you know, whatever. But that's kind of all it does is, like, hmm. you keep getting to know the app keeps getting to know you and then like, you know, you have friends on Mitomo and you're able to get to know them mm-hmm. differently. Like it'll ask you like your preferences, you know, your favorite color, food, et cetera, stuff like that. Uh, you know what you did this weekend, what's on your mind, like stuff like that. And it gets kind of stale kind of quickly. Okay. Um, it's, it's something where like, there aren't a lot of mini games to go with it. Everything is kind of just based around of getting things to make your me better or like make the little room that your me exists in, you know, better. Mm-hmm. For what it is, it's well designed. Okay, and it's 
It's cute. It's fun. But I don't think it's really anything that's getting ahead anywhere. Like, it doesn't feel like something that's kind of tying together, like, the rest of the mobile platforms that they're coming out with. It doesn't feel like it's tying together the bigger Nintendo universe. It's just there by itself. And also worth noting is that if you don't have a high-powered phone, kind of like me, uh, it takes up a lot of data and it takes up a lot of RAM when it's trying to run. So, like... If if you're if you're using a lot of other stuff on your phone, like it'll take forever to load. Oh. But optimization exists. We'll see if that gets any better. Yeah. But I really don't see where it's gonna fit in with everything else. It might just be designed to purposely be like a standalone thing, like they had with Tomodachi Life, which was another like kind of meat based game that deal with just meeting people and stuff. Yeah. But eh, we'll see. It sounds like a really creative way to do data mining. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to just convince people to give them as much demographic information about them as they can get. Exactly. And, and then it, they probably sell that to third parties. Right. That's how that's how they're making up for the deficit with their last yeah, console. Yeah, right. It's apparently really popular, though. Oh, yeah. No, that thing went like crazy with downloads. Like they passed like four million downloads in like two Jeez. weeks or something like that. So people were excited for it. And I'm sure there are people out there that do enjoy it. But I, it just left me with wanting more from it. Yeah, that's a bummer. Mm. Uh, I'm talking about a video game called Speedrunners. Yeah, love this game. Not even going to hide the headline. That's right. <laughs> It's a fantastic game. I think I geeked out about it at one point on the show, too. Um, Speedrunners is a cutthroat multiplayer running game that pits four players against each other locally and or online. Run, jump, swing around and use devious weapons and pickups to knock opponents off the screen. That is the whole goal. Uh, the beta version had been going for about three years in Steam Greenlight before they actually launched just recently, I believe in April. But when they did launch, they did add on a story mode, cool. which is good. So if you don't want to necessarily play online or play against bots, well, you are playing against bots in story mode, but uh, it's a little more something to it. It's a little something. Uh, the, the downside of story mode, though, is that you only have one runner. Hmm. That you can use just the the speedrunner character himself okay. is the only character you can play through story mode with. Right now, at least, I don't know if there are plans to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did meet the the team at PAX, mm-hmm. I talked to them about it. I said I appreciated having a story mode in there because it was a nice way for me to get more experience with the game without necessarily relying on other multiplayer people and as a way to slow things down a little bit sure to where i didn't feel like i was just getting overpowered by players much better than me from the get-go mm-hmm. and didn't really give me a chance to learn right so i really appreciated having it in there cool um incredibly addictive gameplay the games don't take too long mm-hmm. you get through three wins generally quickly although depending on the balance of the players running the games can last a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's another game like we were talking about, another one being easy to learn, difficult to master, kind of like Overwatch. You go in, it's really easy to play. The mechanics are really simple. You run, you jump, you swing, you use item pickups. But to use those all effectively mm-hmm. and to like learn how to build your momentum and keep it and all those type of skills are a lot tougher to master. So there are people that will be doing this as like an eSport competition it's going to get to that level it's this type of game uh there's a really fun art and music style Mm -hmm. reminds me a lot of the incredibles yeah yeah the the humor in the design of the characters i mean you got a guy in like a chicken costume another one in a shark costume uh you have a black cat that's dressed like a witch like all these strange weird characters and the music is very like superhero-y fun goofy kind of like over the top it's like we know what we are so yeah. we're just gonna have fun doing yeah. it yes so there's a really cartoony slapstick vibe to the game that's a lot of fun cool. uh and adds i think it helps kind of temper the frustration of some players mm-hmm. so because the game is toned to be so much fun yeah it makes you forgive a lot of like oh i just lost again mm-hmm. type idea like you just want to get back into the fun world more and cool. more so I think that helps there. Uh, the only thing that kind of made the game suffer a little bit for me was the online matchmaking mechanic. How so? I feel like it could be a little better. So like you can set when you're doing your online matchmaking, you can set it to look for like half the country, the entire country, half the world, the entire world. Okay. And if you make your search more narrow, mm-hmm. you're more likely to find people that have a good connection because they're closer to you. Right. And people in the U.S. are generally going to have a better connection to other people in the U.S. and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But 
I felt that there were surprisingly few people playing, especially after the initial launch of the game. Okay. So sometimes I would only be going one on one with somebody else and waiting for other people to join the game that never did. So I would expand to a larger area. And even then, still, it's still looking for like if it doesn't find anybody within your rank, it will try to do that first. But then it will say searching for people now above or below you by one rank. Okay. And sometimes that one person above could be drastically better than you. Oh, wow. So a lot of the times I was just in a one on one match and getting horribly outmatched Mm -hmm. or I was just way better than the other person I was playing. And it wasn't fun either way. Yeah. So I don't know if that was just with the few small experiences that I had that way mm-hmm. when I'm playing with friends and we organize a game and we all play together, mm-hmm. it's insanely fun. Cool. And I know we all have decent connections and we have no lag and anything, but the online matchmaking aside from that, I've noticed some issues with, okay, nothing that would prevent me from playing, but mm-hmm. yeah, certainly makes for good entertainment too. He streams it a lot sometimes with squalls. So yeah, check it out. yeah. Squalls and I play, uh, we played a couple times. I'm sure we'll play more. It is a ton of fun. Absolutely recommend that game. If you don't have it, I don't think it's very expensive either. No, it's something like 15 bucks. It's on my list of things that I'll probably get. So I'll probably join you sometime. Yeah, awesome. Uh, That's pretty much it for this week. So as we get out of here, final thought or something you would like to plug? Uh, Yeah, actually, quick plug to uh, a game that I've played. It's called Space Jacked. Uh, It's an indie game that was made for Steam PC. And the premise that it's just a uh, very quick played uh tower defense tower defense uh action hybrid mm-hmm. and it's it's been a lot of fun it's definitely a game worth playing i say definitely check it out cool uh and you have a written review i do so about check that out over thegeekgeneration.com. yeah so to see all the other things we do head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. if you use itunes please rate the show and write a review we always appreciate those you can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on twitter you can watch live podcasts and gaming at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. And do not forget, for the first three people that send that email with free month in the subject line to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com, I will send you a promo code for your first month free on GameWisp to uh, help support us and you can get those subscriber benefits. That's pretty much it for this week. We'll be back real soon with more geeky stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Make it so.